Hello, everyone. Quick update. The podcast has moved. We have a new website, which is www.lionrock.life slash courage to change podcast. Again, that's www.lionrock.life slash courage to change podcast. And our new email address is podcast at lionrock.life. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to the Courage to Change Recovery Podcast. My name is Ashley Lou Blassengame, and I am your host for this bonus episode. And I am here today with the wonderful, beautiful ladies, Christiana Kimmick, our producer, and Bella, the guest from episode 14 in season one, and CEO of Bless It Bag, and now our social media producer here at Lion Rock. Hello. Welcome. Okay, so welcome to our bonus episode about National Online Recovery Day. So, okay, I'm going to tell you a little bit about National Online Recovery Day. This year, we're welcoming the very first National Online Recovery Day on September 22nd. National Online Recovery Day is a campaign to raise awareness for online treatment of substance abuse. It is the first National Health Awareness Day focused on the benefits and advantages of telehealth services for any health issue. Leading up to National Online Recovery Day, Lion Rock has been hosting a series of online panels entitled Life in Recovery with exciting new guests for each one. Okay, so we're going to recap the panels for, okay, so life and recovery. So panel one, which was held on July 27th, the topic was staying sober at home. The panelists were George Resch, Instagram celebrity and meme creator, Emily McAllister, published writer, speaker, and professional photographer, and Brittany Carbone, lifestyle coach and motivational speaker, moderated <laughs> by Ashley Loblassingame. That's me. <laughs> 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 Hey, my notes are thorough. Moderated by I, I moderated it. Uh and I and uh so each of these guests, Emily, George, and Brittany. So Emily is season one, episode seven. George, also known as Tank Sinatra, is season one, episode 18. And Brittany Carbone is season one, episode four. All right. So Let's do a little takeaway from panel numero uno, which was staying sober at home. So that was an awesome panel. I loved that panel. That was, I mean, our first one. And I think the thing that sticks out to me the most about panel number one, besides seeing how cool it was that the four of you have had such an amazing relationship for so long. So the banter and the back and forth between you guys was so much fun because you were so comfortable with each other. I I really remembered what Emily said. I I think the question was... Like, like what could make you drink or is there anything during quarantine that that made you think like, hey, I want to pick up a drink again? It, it was some sort of question like that. And Emily, Emily's answer was finding out that like the kids weren't going to be going back to school essentially. So like staying, staying home and being homeschooled. And so I laughed and I think everybody laughed. And then the following week, I got to spend some time with my sister-in-law and her family. She's got two kids, two girls, ages six and nine. And 
the six-year-old, it's like good luck keeping her on Zoom because she bounces around. You know, she's a kid. She's a kindergartner, first grade. I can't even keep up with it. She's growing so fast. And then the nine-year-old is doing a wonderful job in school, but, you know, still, she's not going to stay in front of a computer all day and both of her parents have to work. And so it made me think more about Emily and kind of put myself into her shoes of like, gosh, like how would I feel if if, you know, this was the case for me. And like, I can tell you a hundred percent, I don't have kids, but I I would absolutely want to pick up a drink if I had, if I had kids, it's, you know, at home in school, me working, my husband working, trying to balance everything and how difficult that was. And I just, I just really appreciated her being so honest. And, and I just thought it was something to think about, not only in regards to how many people are currently struggling, because we are in the midst of the beginning of the school year, you know, across the nation, California's started a little earlier, I think, but kids are going back to school. And, and it made me think, how can I support my friends who are in recovery who have kids, but also, you know, even my family members who are not in recovery, who have kids, like, what can I do if I have, if I have, you know, that extra time or even the ability to like, right, take them out to lunch or like, Hey, let me come like I'll supervise this zoom session because I, you know, I'm free at four, you know, whatever else. So that was, that was a huge takeaway for me because it, it was to me, I wanted to be, it made me think outside myself from what she was saying and what the struggle was. I think that my biggest takeaway, obviously this was like, you know, uh, over a month ago now, I think. And so it was more like, how are we staying sober in quarantine? And talking about that, which I think is so important and how people are going to get sober during quarantine and, you know, from home and how that's, you know, so related to Lion Rock and what you guys do. And also I loved personally for me, Ashley, I know you relate to this too, but dealing with like food issues. Um, that's what I got. My biggest takeaway from Brittany was, which is like dealing with food issues um, during quarantine because the fear that, you know, originally when we were going into lockdown was like, you know, food was running out of the markets and when are we going to eat? And that fear of like being hungry and, you know, starving and not having enough and how that could be really triggering for people who have like binge eating disorder and, you know, the only things left in the market, you know, were like canned, you know, trying to get canned foods and just eating things that like weren't really healthy because we were trying to get things that like wouldn't go bad. So it was like, (laughs) I just noticed I was like eating like lots of like chips and snacks and stuff that I wouldn't normally eat, but I was eating that thing, that stuff because it was like, well, you know, if we get this, it's going to go bad. And all that fear around food and how that could be coming up for people who like didn't even know really that they had food issues. Yeah, that was a huge piece, a thread, common thread through all of the the panelists was the stuff around food and how that brought those things up in different ways for each of us. And yeah, the the, the, the race to the grocery stores and walking in and having it look like something out of a third world country was super scary. And I, you know, I think it's interesting, you know, George talked about my questions to George were around how do you maintain this feeling of leadership 
when you have a public platform when you're struggling. And, um, you know, he talked a lot about authenticity and getting connected and going back to the roots of, you know, what do we have? How can we stay connected? And, and he had, you know, he talked about having some resistance to um, online and then, and then using it to get back into, you know, connection. And I think really like all of us talked about getting back to basics. I think that was like the huge overarching theme was we all just, I mean, I know it has been for me, just like back to basics for how self-care, sobriety, whatever it is. And I think whether you're sober or not, back to basics, that self-care piece, back to if you struggle with depression, back to basics on treating your depression, you know, all of it, whatever it is, sunshine, you know, good food, hydration, some sort of laughing, like, like really back to basics, regardless of what it is going on for you. Because I think a lot of people, whether they had problems you know, Emily joked about how like this is for the, those of us who are sober, this is our Super Bowl. Like we've been preparing for this, you know, and, and, but I think actually that makes it harder for other people who have zero skills. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful for, you know, recovery and sobriety because I had those tools. And for some reason, normally I'm like the poor me, everything's happening to me kind of person. And in this case, I was like, this is happening to everyone, like literally everyone in the world. And I was just in radical acceptance. And I sat like first day of quarantine, I was like, okay, what are we going to do every day? What's going to occupy my time? This is an opportunity for me to have, you know, self-care and work on myself and really focus and like hone it in. And so literally I've read 15 books in quarantine because I read a chapter a day. I you know, meditate 10 minutes a day. I've meditated like six months every day um, or however long it's been of quarantine since March 15th. And, you know, I try to do like my Zoom workouts and I have like a little home gym set up and, you know, all that stuff. I do a Zoom AA meeting, all those things, you know, what am I going to do every day to help stay sane through this? And I've maintained that for the most part. So yeah, that's awesome. I've uh, lost my my cool a few times. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I've been like I think that's maybe I've, I've been like Zoom. I'm zooming out of this house. Uh, <laughs> can't do it anymore. Uh, I do, but yeah, I do you recall you saying that you were going to lick a cart just so you could go to a? I wanted to <laughs> yeah, maybe quarantine somewhere else for two weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I, at one point, I the toddlers. Yeah, at one point, we, my husband and I were trying to figure out like what would happen if one of us got sick. And we were like, okay, well, you know, whoever gets sick, like they need to go into the master bedroom and there's a bathroom in there and we can close it off and like we'll give food through the window or something. And, uh, and, and then I realized I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Someone's going to be quarantined in the master bedroom by themselves with a television and a bathroom. Someone bringing them. I was like, wait, I immediately need to go and get COVID-19 right now. Um, and then I realized the other person would be with the kids by themselves. So yeah, I started to threaten to go lick a shopping cart. Got weird, got real weird in this house. So yeah, it was, uh, that was awesome. I, and it was super fun to see my friends and, and to have that kind of reminisce with each other. And it's been, you know, it's, it's fun to know people and, and, and on these panels and be able to ask them questions and kind of know their background. It makes it, uh, definitely makes it easier. Speaking of which panel two, which was held on August 17th, 
uh, topic, Living a Sober Lifestyle. Panelists included Jessica Book, intersex person, model, and student, Sarah Shepper, realtor, cast member on VH1's Love and Listings, and Bella Baskin, CEO of Blessed Bag, recovery mentor, and Lion Rock social media producer, moderated by yours truly. Lion Rock co-founder and podcast host. I won't read my name again. So these guests can all be found on the podcast. Jessica Book is season two bonus episode for Pride Month. Sarah Shepard is season one, episode 20. And Bella Baskin, season one, episode 14. This was super fun. Bella, how, what did you what'd you think about? You were on the on the panel. So how was that for you? It was great. Like Jessica and Sarah are really good friends of mine. Obviously you are too. So it was just like hanging out with my friends. And I think the the thing that I think we focused on mainly was kind of like talking to the newcomer, which I think is really important because, you know, during quarantine, it's really hard. It's a hard time right now to get sober because there's no in-person meetings and, um, you know, you're isolated and community is such a huge part of getting sober. So I think we were really just talking to the newcomer about how, you know, life in recovery is fun and it's not like the end of your social life. If anything, it's like the beginning of a life. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I I mean, that's, (laughs) I always share this story about how, like when I first got sober, mind you, when I not, I, I should say the last time I got sober, not when I first got sober, the last time I got sober in the beginning of that time. And mind you, I got sober because I almost lost an arm because I infected all the veins in my arms. My concern about getting sober was what I was going to drink at my wedding. And my my sponsor was like, do you have someone beating down the door to marry you? <laughs> and uh, I was like, no. She's like, no one wants to marry your hot ass, Ashley. When someone does, we can worry about what you're going to drink at the wedding. And I remember being at my wedding and or, you know, planning my wedding and being like, oh, this is like, it's just not even an, it's a non-issue. Like it was, there was alcohol at the wedding and it was still a non-issue. It was just, but I remember that being such a big deal. And then what I was going to do on my 21st birthday and all these things that just came and went and, and we had so much fun, but it's like these mental blocks. Yeah. Only an addict is concerned with drinking at their wedding night. (laughs) Like, like most normal people aren't concerned about what they're going to drink. They're concerned about the dress and the bridesmaids and the like planning of the wedding. Like they're not worried about what kind of alcohol they're going to drink at their wedding. That's not a normal thought. Like, with with no significant <laughs> other that wants to marry you. Yeah. No semblance of yeah. like being able to hold down. No one's going to pay for a wedding for you because you're just like, you need hospital care, not a wedding, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like everybody's worried about your insurance coverage, not not you whether need, or not you can... You need rehab, not yeah. a wedding. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but, but yeah, that was my concern. Yeah, but you think your life is over. And I think all three panelists, you guys all talked about how you know, the different types of fun. And, and I thought it was really good that Jessica disclosed that, you know, she kind of has that social anxiety and she doesn't really want to do a lot of those things anymore that she used to do. Whereas I did, I really like, I went out, I had a good time. Uh, I went to Vegas. (laughs) I went, you know, I was at Vegas, I was in Vegas more times where people like you, Bella was like, what are you on? Like, what do you, you know, what do you, and, 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 
but I loved that Jessica had a different experience there, which was that that wasn't what she wanted to do and that that was okay too. And that still has been fun and joyful for her. Right. And I think the difference is just like, you know, I really like that going out and having fun and dancing. And I like that kind of music. Like I like EDM music. I like getting dressed up. It's like a whole experience for me. And that's what I enjoy. And my intention even when I was using was to do those things, but the using got in the way of that. I wasn't able to fully enjoy myself because I was always chasing the next drink or drug or cigarette or whatever it was. And so it really took away from me being able to be present and have fun in the moment. I think it's interesting that you bring that up because in my experience, right? Like I couldn't do any of those fun out. Like I love, I'm, I love to get dressed up. And I mean, I've had experience where we've gotten really dressed up, taken a lot of pictures and then actually didn't go anywhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're like, Same. Too tired, but we, we're too tired. We're like, let's just take the picture. Who cares? Let's just take the picture. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And, uh, and, but I couldn't do those things. Like I could not get out of the house. You know, I could not, I was, so disabled that I couldn't do that fun stuff when I was loaded. So to me, it's not associated. My, my, that stuff going to the bar, dancing, that, that stuff's not associated with drinking and using for me. Whereas I think Jessica, you know, being, you know, international model, getting loaded and then going out to these appearances, going out to the clubs, being seen in a scene, that was part of her using experience. It was not part of my at all. There was, there was nothing fancy about what I had going on. My best friend Tess always jokes about like, she was scared of losing her social life, but she spent all of her time in the bathroom, just getting high in the bathroom. It's like, what social life? I just spent all day long. Yeah. In the bathroom. High yeah. in the bathroom. But that's so accurate. That's so accurate. Yeah. <laughs> when you have this like really distorted view and you're like, I don't want to lose out on all the fun I'm having <laughs> with my head next to a toilet bowl. Um, yeah. but you do. You convince yourself you're having a good time. So I thought it was, you know, it was good. Like I think there was that mix of experiences from the person who, where it was totally, you know, they, they really associated those two things. And then those of us who did not associate those things and we were still able to do them. So CK, you want to add anything to that? I think I hate using the word normie. I know it's a, it's a thing and apparently I'm a normie, but I think, so I've gotten a lot out of, out of being home from quarantine and I got a lot out of both of the panels and hearing each person share their experience and to what you guys were just saying and talking about, you know, I I didn't have issues with substance use, but what I can relate to so clearly, and I've spoken with a lot of people who do relate to this too, is the fact that I've I've dealt with such debilitating anxiety that it did something very similar where for so much of my life and quarantine, br- like, I mean, way brought it out. I was so stopped, solid, frozen, debilitated by anxiety that I wasn't living in the moment either. Wasn't like enjoying what was around me, realizing what I had. I mean, I was living life and functional, but not really free mentally, not really taking in everything. And I think I was just in like survival mode for so long, just in that like trauma mindset and never came out of it. And so hearing these amazing people talk about 
their recovery. And, you know, I love going back to what we were saying about panel number one. It's like, we've been training for this. Like people in recovery have been training for this. This is our Super Bowl. It made me realize I have a lot of great tools at my disposal that I'm not using. And I'm not living as, you know, Ashley and I talk about a lot living authentically. And she's really, I'm saying Sheila's if you're not sitting here with me, you've really like coached me on that. Like, living authentically. And, and I thought I was, and I wasn't at all. And so I think quarantine has brought out a lot of that. And I've been able to, from sitting on the podcast and listening to these panels, take all these amazing recovery tools that other people have been using and now start applying it to my own life and really start challenging my own beliefs my own negative thinking and just that like frozen, you know, living in survival mode for so long mentality. And so it's been um, like, it's, it's been so helpful to like draw that parallel and to be able to hear that and relate to it because I feel like my life has started to get better from that. I mean, even to the point where, you know, we're documenting my therapy journey right now. I'm back in it and doing EMDR and, trauma timelines and all that fun stuff, you know, and, and it's not easy, but, but I'm taking so many cues from the recovery tools that I'm just surrounded by and from the people in recovery that I'm surrounded by. And I'm such a better person for it. And I'm a better person for my husband and for my friends. It's, it's blown my mind how much I've been able to learn and soak up from this. I think that's so cool because it just goes to show like, and I I've, I say this, which is we don't have unique problems. We just have unique reactions to regular people problems, right? Like we, everybody, most people have anxiety. They experience depression at some point in their lives. They don't like, you know, drink themselves to death over it or they don't, you know, spend their whole life in a bathroom shooting dope because they have some anxiety, you know, like that. We have really, we have really fatal reactions to normal problems, but the normal problems are still made better by the tools that we utilize to save our life. And they can still save other people's lives and make them much more meaningful and rich and enjoyable even if you don't struggle with using substances or our substances to, you know, I was going to say get through your life or destroy it. Either way, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it. But I think it's awesome that you're you're on a parallel journey where you're using them. And what do you know? It's still working. You know, it works. Whether it, You don't have to have the same problem because the solution is the same. The solution to the human condition is often the same. And I think it's been so wonderful because, you know, we talk about a lot breaking the stigma and a lot, there, there's still so much nose turning down or turning up whenever you hear the word, you know, addict or someone, you know, is struggling or, you know, I used to drink or, you know, this person was an alcoholic. And it's like, uh, you're really no different than me. It's just like you were saying, it's a fatal reaction to dealing with a similar issue, you know, in, in some way, shape or form. And it just made me realize like, we've all got our crap that we have to deal with and take responsibility for. And, you know, there's a lot of people walking out or walking around out there who they are not being forced to deal with the issues that they're having because they're not having a fatal chemical reaction to something, right? They're not drinking themselves to death or so they don't think they are, right? It's just, they're, it's, as Ashley always says, the suicide on the installment plan, you know, drinking yourself to death. But there's so many things that are normalized or, you know, some people can use drugs. I don't know how, I don't quite understand, but 
and and not go downhill in five you and me months. both sister <laughs> i'm like i don't get it um but <laughs> but it, it's you have a lot of people walking around who are complete i don't know what word i can say jerks and i don't want to be around them <laughs> i don't want to sit with them i don't want to interact with them and i'm just like my god like you've got some internal work to do i want to go hang out with some people do, buddy. in recovery I know it's like I breathe a sigh of relief hanging out with people in recovery because I'm like, oh, thank God you're self-aware and you can do work. <laughs> well, those are the I ones you've met. You. There are plenty that there are plenty that are in recovery, but um, it's not a requirement. You, you know, abstinence. There's definitely a lot of people who are in abstinence and not in recovery. But, you know, I do. I think a lot of people, so many people can benefit from the work that we're doing. It doesn't just need to be, you know, those of us with addictions, but those of us with addictions really need to do the work in order to be normal functioning members of society. So that's just our base. In order to join you guys, we have to do the work. But if you, you know, but the betterment piece is, is there and it works, you know, it works. It works if you, you know, it works if you do it and it doesn't matter what your problem, it doesn't matter if you're a normal person with no problems, which sounds abnormal to me. But if you are that, that, it can work for you as well. These tools work really well. And frankly, they're such a relief because the people, in my experience, seeing the people who walk around thinking that they're normal and that they don't need that work, whatever that work is, that looks way harder than the tools that we use. I mean, the tools that we use Mm -hmm. to feel better seem like a walk in the park compared to the people who are trying to just white knuckle it. Oh God, I can't even imagine. (laughs) Like that's, that's not that sounds horrendous. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. I am super excited. Uh, so the panelists on panel number three on September twenty second, National Online Recovery Day, Nord, are will include. Are you excited? Do you guys want to know who they are? Yes, tell us we, because okay, I don't okay. know at all. I, I know. I'm I know, not I kn- looking at the same notes as you. I knew you weren't. I knew you weren't. I know. I know. You, everybody's chomping at the bit. Okay, so for our celebrity. Celebrity panel number three, Jody Sweeten, actress from Full House. She played Woo! Stephanie Tanner, uh, Fuller House. I think she plays Stephanie Tanner again on Fuller House. Uh, numerous Hallmark movies. Uh, and she was a recent guest on the Courage to Change Recovery podcast in season two, episode 57. Jody is awesome. She's amazing. Check out her episode. She is going to be with us on the panel on September 22nd. Panel number three, National Online Recovery Day. Danny Trejo, who's an Woo! actor. I think he, I honestly, I think he's been in every movie. <laughs> I, I was looking at his IMDb and I was genuinely overwhelmed. That guy works. He's amazing. He works. I mean, oh my God. So anyway, his films include Heat, Con Air, Desperado. He's a frequent collaborator with Robert Rodriguez. He's known for his portrayal of the character Machete from the Spy Kids film series, which would later produce its own set of films in the name of the character Machete. Uh, He also has uh, Trejo's Tacos in L.A., and he's genuinely, uh, he's, uh, he was, uh, they're so the good. The tacos are so oh, good. Are they good? I haven't yeah. been, I'm embarrassed to say. Oh my I feel God. Like I need, they're I'm amazing. So, I'm up. I can, I'm coming up. Bella, I'm going to come up and spend a day with you and eat Trejo's tacos because I'm obsessed <laughs> yeah. with tacos. Hey, yeah. let's go. Yeah. I feel like this is like, actually, we, this is like research for work. Okay. <laughs> um, it should be a, it should be a work yeah. trip. Okay. And then 
Gabby, Gabrielle Bernstein, number one New York Times, best-selling author, international speaker, and spirit junkie. Oh my goodness, you guys, this lineup is just insane. Absolutely insane. All three, uh, Jody, Danny, and Gabby are in recovery. They all are incredibly accomplished in their own right and have amazing stories to share. So I am just so, so excited for this panel. Uh, feel like it's going to be um, very intense to moderate a panel with these three for me, but I am going to use my recovery tools. <laughs> You've got this. <laughs> You've got yeah. this, LB. I'm not even worried. <laughs> yeah, well, I am. But no, it's... Uh, I'm really excited. I It's... I can't even... I can't even believe we managed to get these three at the same time together because it's such a wide uh, variety of experiences and backgrounds too. So, so cool. And I think their experiences will be, will just really cover the gamut. So I'm so grateful that they all are willing to be there on National Online Recovery Day, which is September 22nd, panel number three. Can you guys tell us a little bit about where people can find and listen and watch Join Live and also submit questions, um, some of the some of the, the deets? Absolutely. So, so the panel is going to be aired across the Lion Rock Recovery YouTube, Facebook page, uh, lionrock.life Facebook page. But we're to keep it simple, we're just directing everybody to look at facebook.com slash Recovery, and you can view the panel there. And again, it'll also be on some of our other social media and then we'll be posting it, not live, but we'll be posting it after the fact on our Instagrams as well. And I say our Instagrams because there's a few different ones as well as the Courage to Change Instagram. But if you would like to submit questions and comments live, which we've had on the last couple of panels, then I would join into the Facebook page. So facebook.com slash Recovery. We'll have the link in the show notes here. And then also we'll have some promotions up on the podcast website where you can see it as well. Um, you can also go to nationalonlinerecoveryday.com if you'd like to get involved and learn more information about this. Um, I know for me, Haven Dance Company is getting involved, which I'm so excited about, which is my dance company that I'm the director of. We recently released the video called The Story of the Struggle, which we uh, put on the podcast as well. Um, and so we're going to do something special. We're going to kind of do like a re-release of the video and then chat about, you know, how we're, we are observing National Online Recovery Day and encouraging people to get connected to recovery resources, online meetings. And so we'll be chatting about that. And some of my dancers will be online doing that and participating as well. So that's what we're doing. And you have an opportunity to get involved too. So if you go to nationalonlinerecoveryday.com, scroll down on the homepage, and there is a part that says get involved. And you can download the images, you can share, and then you can send us an email either through the podcast or you can send an, e an email through the National Online Recovery Day website and, and say how, we're get how you're getting involved and we'll be able to feature it on the website as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I, I want to say one more thing about this, which is that 
Lion Rock Recovery is sponsoring this, but this is not a promotion for Lion Rock Recovery. These panels are are free to the public and are done. We're not talking about Lion Rock Recovery or services. We're talking about people's experiences. So just in case that was a curiosity or question or lingering thought, this is really about um, putting out resources and creating an opportunity for people to have conversation around recovery, around online resources. But again, it's, um, you know, we're really grateful to Lion Rock Recovery for for sponsoring it and grateful for their willingness to give us the creative freedom to have whatever conversations we want to have that we think are important. Absolutely. So nationalonlinerecoveryday.com. National Online Recovery Day is September 22nd. We will be having panel number three on National Online Recovery Day, September 22nd at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Please join us. Submit your questions. It's going to be so amazing. Uh, Jody, Danny, and Gabby, so excited to have all three of you. Cannot wait. And I hope to see you all there. This podcast is sponsored by lionrock.life. Lionrock.life is a recovery community offering free online support group meetings, useful recovery information, and entertainment. Visit www.lionrock.life to view the meetings, schedule, and find additional resources. Find the joy in recovery at lionrock.life.